I spoke to uh, fellow theatre practitioners like that, and they mentioned that in order to freelance, um, one of them mentioned exactly, to be, to be precise, one of them mentioned that if you want to freelance, you should give yourself two years. But within that two years, to see like the fruits, um, you have to really, in a way, like suffer like uh, financially. So someone I spoke to mentioned that she would, when she would go to school to teach, she would save money just by um, tapawing uh, food mm. in the like secondary school or primary school canteens. She would not take public transport. She would walk everywhere. And within those two years, then she managed to kind of like build up um, enough of a sort of like a network or, 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 or portfolio that like the work just came in. But so when, so when she advised me, she told me to like wait for two years. And at a point in time, I, I was freelancing. Um, at a point in time, my main practice was still acting. But, you know, I think there's never a guarantee in jobs. Uh, I was um, auditioning but I wasn't necessarily getting all the roles. Mm -hmm. I had a couple of jobs here and there, like commercials and whatnot. I think if I was lucky, I'd be making like, <laughs> like 400 a month. I think like my, my like wow, financials okay. like, was like a negative. I think like my existing was more expensive than, than uh, the amount of money I was bringing in. Um, and I started saying yes to a lot of low paying jobs um, or like just anything, just, just saying yes to anything just to get by because I was just earning so little. So what what happened was that I had a dream. I I know right. It's very like dramatic, <laughs> but like I had a dream. No, I'm serious. I had a dream that like I needed to pay someone. I don't know who in this dream, but someone seven hundred dollars, right? And I was uh -huh. like going around like begging like my friends, so like, hey, can you lend me money? I promise to pay you back. And no one would lend me money, even though I swore I would pay back this like seven hundred dollars. And then I woke up. And I was like, oh, what the? Okay, weird. And then my mom knocks on my door and she came in the room and she told me that like whenever I was out, DBS would call and like mm -hmm. I received a mail from DBS and I was just like, why? I don't even have a DBS bank account. Like why is DBS like hounding me? And I opened a letter and it said, um, dear Shannon, your student loan fee starts now. You need to pay at least $700 per month from now on and we're going to start charging interest. And like, I freaked out, like it was just like $700. I don't even like earn that much. I don't even know how to oh, wow, okay. pay off this, like this new um, expense. Okay. Okay. It's kind of my fault, right? I, I forgot that. I forgot that I had to pay for my NUS fees. Um, so it only like, so it really, that really kicked in. I kind of freaked out. I really had no money. Um, all this time I had this like, focus about like oh okay i want to save up and go masters but i completely forgot i had to pay off like my undergrad fee so i just thought to myself shit i i i you know i'm not i'm not like from the most well-to-do families or anything so this is something that i have to pay for myself and rely on myself to pay for it so i i, I just thought okay i need to get a full-time job at least just to clear so i'm not in debt and perhaps like just quickly save up and hopefully get in my, my master's one day. I think anyone who knows me like has heard me say that I want to go master's for like many, many years. And I'm going, I just mm -hmm. keep saying that because, um, I mean, that's my aim, but it's taking very long to get there because, you know, it's just like a lot of money. But yeah, so that's how I ended up in like my first um, full-time non-arts job in this really like shitty company um, doing... What was I doing? 
marketing, I think. I don't know. It was a really bad company. It closed, by the way. <laughs> but but like that, that money, the money did help. The money did help. And um, at a point in time, I, I was very um, lucky that my, you know, rehearsals were at night or um, I could, I, had, I saved up enough leaves to, to just go for any production related things. Um, so that was like my first, uh, my first job. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that, that story about, you know, DBS sending you that letter to chase you and especially what, even what you said earlier at the front, right, about that, that anecdote where give yourself a two-year runway to try uh, freelancing in the arts, right? I think, you know, it kind of makes me think, actually, you know, it, to freelance in the arts, you, you, to, to freelance in the arts, especially in Singapore, you, you, do really, you, do, you do really need to have a certain level of, like, privilege in terms of like you know i don't know financial resources for example don't you yeah and i'm going to say that like it really having a certain amount of financial resources will affect you and your work so i'm going to give an example like hmm? you remember when i said that i was freelancing and saying yes to every single shitty job that yep, yep. there was out there so yep. i see i mean it's quite obvious like if you ask your peers and whatever everyone just says yes to, to, to these kind of jobs. And then what's going to happen is that they're going to be running around. And then when they go to auditions, they're going to be tired. Or, 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 actually, not just auditions, like rehearsals. They're going to be tired. They're going to be drained. Um, and they're not, they're not rested um, because they're like just full, like full out hustling, right? Um, whereas I knew, I knew someone who, who, who had, a, who had like multiple full-time jobs and then she went into... She went into freelance after that. And because of that, she kind of had that. She didn't have to worry too much about her financials. So she didn't have to say yes to everything. So she could, so she could, you know, when she if she needed time to rest during her for her rehearsals to like, you know, give a hundred percent, she made sure that happened. Because yeah, and then comparatively, mm -hmm. other people who were, you know, they were teaching like nine to like six, like two schools running about and then going to rehearsals at night is it's very, very, very draining um, comparatively. Yeah. So it, it is, it does boil down to some kind of like financial privilege. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny that, but I think, you know, everyone, I mean, everyone uh, is entering it at a, at a different starting point, but at the end of the day, remember, like, like you said, our conversation is about sustaining, right? Because yeah. After a while, you you know, like whatever financial position you have, like, are you using it well to make sure that you can sustain in the long run? Because from, unfortunately, from 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 what I see is that a lot of my peers in the in the theater field, they're not, they don't really think about their finances that much, which is which is worrying. I mean, I can understand why. It's because when you look at it, it's it's quite anxiety inducing. But we also mm. need to like look at it to to assess like not to assess whether we should give up arts or not, but to assess if what can I do, what is the system that I need to create for myself so that I can I can you know be be able to to have a day to day that's all right, but I also have you know have the the time and 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 the headspace, not worrying about money and being able to do mm. do what I want to do. And I think one thing that like I remember in my first few years, like I remember there was this quote by Kuo Pao Kun. It was something like, you know, you do a lot of 
what you don't love to do a little of what you do. Mm, okay. Yeah. So I think that I, I kind of like really held on to that. Yeah. So I, I mean, I know that I'm just going to bring up something that's going to be like a, a statement that's going to divide the older, older practitioners and the younger practitioners. Go ahead. Yeah. But there's a lot of talk about, you know, if you're not full-time in the arts, it means that you're not serious about your art. Have you heard of it before? Yeah, we, we, I think we, we, were, we were actually discussing that, that topic of like when we last met, right? Yeah. But like, have you heard of it like before we talked about it? I have been told like very bluntly that same statement in, worded in a different way by unfortunately uh, veteran practitioners whom I shall not name. Uh, so and it's really... It's really heartbreaking uh, when, to think that you know, um, your whether or not you're full time is is a is a is a measure of of your worth in the art scene, and it's something that shouldn't be the case, lah. Put it that way. Yeah, and I think it. I think it's a really like a a a, a difference um, in in attitudes, but also mainly because from it, it stems from like the generation of theatre they came from. So previously, before theatre was, you know, formalised with, with a, maturing, a more maturing industry, um, a lot, you hear, you hear a lot of, um, you hear a lot of like, uh, like actors, like they, like, like, like King Hua, who would be working in tanks and then she'll run out of rehearsal or whatnot. Or Giants Co working in, in, in NEC and then she go down to rehearsals and whatnot. Yeah. But it's only now that because you know you notice that like no longer are like let's say rehearsals like in in at, exclusively at night, but it's also now in the day because it's a professionalization of the craft. And then you know people expect that like okay then you need to you need to um you need to commit right to to this if you if you really want this you will make sure that you have fine time in in your day to turn up mm. which is which is and we're at a stage where it's hard right because um yes yes you could be a freelancer but it's very hard to it's very hard to be a full-time freelancer solely in the arts unless mm. i can only think of two models so i examine everyone's lives in general that people <laughs> know. okay and i i derive two main themes from it either you are a full-time freelancer in theatre because you teach. You, you have like right, teaching right. gigs, ongoing teaching gigs. And then, you know, where, as and where, you know, you, you, um, you have your like performances and whatnot, then you go. Lah. Um, and or the, second, the second variation is that your city Kalija, right? With like, <laughs> with like TV and like, like, uh, like non-stop gigs, TV, theater, yeah, and whatnot. And she signed on to Hosen Young's company. Uh, I just yeah, yeah, out. yeah. If you're like the exceptional, like few who's like constantly in demand, but unfortunately we're not all CTKs, which is fine, which is fine. But, um, you know, then there's a question of like, okay. Okay, so it's like a flow of thought, right? Like, let's say when you first, when you first come out of school and then you think like, what am I going to do now, right? So you think, okay, I'm going to be a freelancer, but what am I going to freelance in? Do I have enough skills that are freelanceable? And when I say freelanceable, I mean like, are you able to like disappear as and when or like flexibly manage your schedule? So for mm. example, I'm a PR consultant, but I don't recommend people going to PR if you want to be a freelancer. Because, okay, so I had a junior who like followed my footsteps and he really went on to like a PR agency and he really died in the agency, like, because it's so, 
um, there are certain industries that are very, uh, they will overwork you and, and expect you to overtime and they won't tell you when you are going to overtime. Then you can't plan mm-hmm. your rehearsals. And especially if you're a practitioner who's mostly acting or directing, then you have no choice but to be in in the rehearsal room, right? It's a bit different if you're like the playwright or you're a dramaturg. Then you can now and then skip rehearsals. But actors, like actors, directors, they they, they, they really have to be there. Lah. So we need to know when we can, you know, are we overtiming or not? So it's like a balance, a balancing of, of, of your time management. So, um, so, so that's, that. now we're like in a yeah, crossroads, right? Do I go down the full-time yep. freelance road or do I take on a full-time job? So there's like pros and cons of both. Hmm. So I think on the freelance side, um, you, you really, I must say, right, freelancing is not for everyone. Like I've had, I've had friends who just who tried and they dropped out. Uh, it's not for them because you have to be very very disciplined. Like your work comes in because you put in the effort to chase that work or to to plant seeds, right? Plant opportunities and put yourself out there. You know, and not everyone feels comfortable with that. Not everyone feels comfortable to not have that kind of structure and security, which is which is fine. It's about finding what works for you, right? But also like. In terms of like freelancing, um, some people freelance as a personal trainer. I, I was considering go down that, going down that route because mm-hmm, I got mm-hmm. certified in, as a personal trainer. But I didn't use it because I had that dream. So yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, and then uh, some people get uh, freelance as a makeup artist as well. Um, so some people have their, like, I think some actors I talk to have their own um, e-commerce venture, like a small e-commerce venture. So there's or digital they are do they do digital marketing so they don't necessarily always it's something that they can schedule so they do work with companies but it's something that they can manage mm-hmm. um, in terms of their time quite flexibly but the cons of working as a freelancer is that I mean as 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 you might know I mean since you freelance before is that you don't have you don't get insurance you don't get CPF you don't get AWS. You don't get your 13 month yep. bonus. You don't get anything. You don't get that free massage room or perks, right? <laughs> yeah. Free massage so, room? Are you serious? Yes, yes. Shopee has a free massage room. Yeah. And some companies even freaking like wash your clothes for you. Okay. It's ridiculous. Guys, yeah. how you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, at least go in with your eyes open, right? So, but of course, then the second question is okay, never mind. I need, okay, like, let's say, for example, you're like me, right? Oh, crap. I have a, like a lot of debt. I, I need to go for a full time job. And then, so you go to the full-time job. Then the next question is, how do I find a full... Okay, that's part, two-part question. How do I find a full-time job that will allow me to balance my artist life? And, and B, how... And let's say, like, I say, like, I don't have much working experience. Um, I only have, like, theater experience or arts experience. How do I pitch myself to a corporate employer? Right. That's my that's yeah. that's a two part question, so I guess the first question, um, about finding uh finding a company that works for you, I think that is quite hard. That is quite difficult, and I'm gonna just put it out there that to 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 especially the people who are like younger who are listening, it may not be a it may not be wise to take on a full time job in the arts. Yeah. If you want to be, if you want to have your own artist life, because 
um i so what happened was that i did apply i did apply to um checkpoint theater uh as mm -hmm. a marcoms executive and because i knew um faith uh faith ng because she was my playwriting teacher and she kind of does she she was very kind and, and she and she wrote me this very long email um telling me like uh are you sure you want to take up this job it's not that like i want to discourage you but I know that you are an actor and I know that if you take on a full-time job in an arts company, you're always going to be on the outside looking in and it's going to hurt you very much because if you will always wonder what's happening at rehearsals and you always want to, you always rather be in that space acting rather than being, you know, in the more like arts manager role or like the Marcom role, right? Um, it's going to hurt you in the long run. Um, and and I think at a point in time I was like no 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 I I I'm fine I'm fine I just wanna because I was so afraid that I would lose contact with the arts so I thought maybe the best of both worlds would be for me to full time in the arts I mean that's kind of like a logical mm. way to think about it but I but at, in my job interview um Huzia, like also sat down with me to to talk to me like say are you sure you want to be in this role. Um, and he told me like I know he gave me a very strange like example. He said, "I much rather you sell golf balls <laughs> than than take on this job." <laughs> Why I'm a bit uh, a bit confused. Because because I think that I mean I mean like now on hindsight when I look back right I I get where they're coming from lah like I you will always, I mean, as an actor, right, and for me, la, I will always want to act. I will always want to be on stage. And like, when I'm just looking in, I just, I just get out. I just feel like, ah, like, how do I get back there? Like, I'm so close, but I'm not there. You know, I'm not, right, I'm not right. where I want to be. Like, I'm, I can smell it, but I just, I just can't be part of it. You know, and that's, I'm not like, I'm honestly, and if I'm taking that job, it's honestly because I just want, I, I just want to be in touch with the art scene, right? It's not like because I'm like passionate about like Marcoms or anything. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and and Faith said that like, yeah, I think you end up resent being resentful. Lah, and you end up hate like being angry and upset with yourself. Uh and I think it's only after like they, they really like sat down with me after like the my interview. And then they shortlisted me. They shortlisted me, but which was strange. I thought they were going to like reject me outright. But they gave me an option. Like, they shortlisted me. But I think at the point in time, I, I wrote in to say like, um, you know what, like Faith, like, thank you for being so honest with me. I think I really like sat down to think about it and, and realized that what they said, what they have so kindly like mm -hmm. shared with me was, was true. Lah. Yeah. And also if you look at like most arts companies, like, I mean, Arts companies are structured in a way where, like, they're always um, in a lack of resources. So, for, for you end up having to, like, overtime for the company in administrative ways anyway. So, even if yeah. you have your own, like, rehearsals, it may be hard for you to disappear because you have to attend to the needs of the production of the company that you are full-timing at. That makes sense, right? Yeah, it does, it does. Yeah. So, yeah. That, yeah. that's, yeah. So, that's the... That's like, so then you think like, oh shit, then how, right? Then the, ne then the next question is what I talked about. Like, how do I find a company that will allow me to freelance? Like a workplace culture that will allow me to freelance. 
actually your current company does do they allow you like do you feel like you have time to still do stuff so the thing is i actually work in a u.s based technology startup that okay it does whether or not it has an office is a bit debatable debatable there is a there is a kind of like okay there's an office in in the west but then it functions more like a hot desking area you don't actually have your dedicated desk assigned to you so actually most of the time if not all the time you're expected to work remotely right which means that nobody's going to monitor you for the hours that you spend at work and by extension of that but also it was a deliberate choice on my company's decision to you know not be too hard up on whether people like not i i've heard of horror stories of especially in in more bank-like settings where you you are expected to like log in to your microsoft teams at a certain timing and then like some some supervisors are even so micromanaging right that like the first thing in the morning when they see you log in they'll send you a message hi good morning to you uh, everybody's expected to say good morning in their communal chat and that's really like oh wow that's 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 not cool at all uh. so so that's so that's that's a very extreme side of of the corporate culture right? but but i think with me i you know i'm very lucky to be in a company that you know actually like sees me for who i am right they, they recognize that i'm actually first and foremost an arts practitioner at, at, at at heart right? so so i guess like to all those people listening who are like considering like taking up a job in the corporate world right uh you know i i actually got into my current funny enough it's how i got in my current company is uh i i'm actually working in an employer branding role which means uh kind of th- because my company is big enough such that uh we have to do we have a recruit, recruitment department especially just to hire people and there's a need for marketing for recruitment so it's like marketing for hr and i applied so i look at the job application page and they asked oh wow uh, they asked uh, can you please uh, submit you know samples of writing for application and i was like oh shit, i'm screwed up because i don't have any corporate communications writing samples that you know i could provide right so you know what i did because for me i'm so some context is I'm actually a freelance arts writer slash critic. Lah. So I submitted my portfolio of like, I think it was eight, eight to 10 articles that I've written for Arts Equator. And I sent it to them and, and they came back to me and said, hey, William, we actually like what you submitted. Could you come Ooh, for an interview? Uh, I didn't know this. Yeah, I was, I was quite shook. I was like, huh, you, you're serious? And, 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 and they eventually hired me, right? And, and they say, oh wow, I think I think with your writing you you have a certain kind of empathy for, for people that most of our candidates don't. And I was, at first I was like, Are you shitting me? And I I, I suffered from <laughs> Yeah, I'm serious. And I and I suffered from like serious imposter syndrome yeah. for, for 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 I think a good three months. But you know, after a while and then I was like, I don't know, is this company gonna keep me? I, I sh- I, what if I screw up in this job? And I think I eventually reached a a headspace where I'm like okay, you know what? They are the ones who chose to hire me. So if I screw up, the joke's on them. It's not on me. Because they know that I, I have no background in corporate yeah. comms or, mar- or marketing for the tech industry or whatnot. They still chose to hire me despite that. So yeah, I, th- I think that realizing that really like freed up the headspace for me. Uh, so I hope, I mean, I mean, I hope that, that 
you know, um, give some small hope to those uh, listening. Oh, uh, actually, like well, anyone with like a theater background or arts background, it's actually like a super good advantage to us if we apply for jobs. I mean, it depends on what jobs you're going for, lah. But like, let me let me give you some examples. So for me, when I went for my interview to like get contracted as a PR consultant, by the way, I'm still I just still feel like an imposter. I have no idea what I'm doing. Like half the time, like why why I'm in the tech industry. <laughs> I'm just like okay, this <laughs> is a long term long-term acting role that i'm deeply researching okay so i just like okay whatever just just, just try yeah, and i remember yeah. in my interview like um i just sold myself as like okay i don't know if you've seen my linkedin but i'm a corporate storyteller yeah i saw it before do you want me to paste the url for no i don't want, no no don't search Tan on linkedin no, guys shut up everyone says that like my my linkedin persona is like so different from my real persona shut up okay anyway so anyway, <laughs> Anyway, then I I I just told like because I I was going for the more comms comms role right. So if if you if you look at the landscape of businesses right now, everybody wants a storyteller to communicate their brand, to communicate the value about why this brand exists and why you should use their brand, etc. 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 So if you have the other background, you are like the king and queen of stories, stories in your blood. You are you have a nose for a good story. That's like your selling point, and you wanna just like put it out there. So that was like my angle in. So I have a friend. Uh, I mean because of COVID, and then she, she she's a director, and now she yeah. had to, she she joined a she joined a company uh, and she, it's a company that like she has no idea like, no prior experience, no 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 knowledge whatsoever. And in an interview, they were like, oh you're you're a theater director and then you applied for this job. Um, you know, what can you bring to the table? And then she just said, you know what? Theater taught me um, to never say no. So I always be open to try new things. I'm always like jumping in and just like diving right at it and like figuring things out because that's like, that's like our job, right? In theater, we'll, we'll always be open to new things and we'll figure it out somehow. That's like for every production. So, she said that and she got into this like huge like uh, media company and she's still like working for them there so i guess in a sense that like three of us are like quite are quite lucky lah so i did i mean but it's also about like filtering filtering um uh, in the interview process also for you to filter whether this is a company that you feel like would give you um breathing space to have your artist life so for example um Prior to like me landing in like my first job, I went to like many, many, many interviews. Like I mm-hmm. submitted so many CVs. <gasps> it was like exhausting, and I would always get into the interview stage where like more than like more than like about two or three times, right? I had the company tell me, "Hey, Shannon, we like you. You have a you you know we feel like you're you know you you have the skill set of what we're looking for." But I feel that you're not passionate about what we do. Um, you're, it feels like you only. It feels like you're like much more passionate about theater. I think you should full time in theater. And then I'm just like, ha, huh? what the, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, there's a reason why I came here, right? But yeah, 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 yeah. So to them, they were like, they, I mean, there are some companies where they expect you to, you know, whatever your whatever your job is, you are supposed to be like passionate in, in it, and you have no other hobbies, like you have no other life. So 
uh, I mean, which is which is crazy. I, I I don't know. Like, I don't I don't agree with that. That's 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 insane. So I think if you know, for people who are looking to do a full time job, I think it's also important to kind of keep a bag of questions to ask in the interview process. Like, you know, things like um, what is the work culture like here? Um, what uh, you know, if you can speak to an employee, like so you can find out like day to day, what is it like? Um, do you OT a lot? If you OT or like is that peak season? Is it do you know in advance? Um, yeah, because you know you have you have com- you have commitments at night, and you're hoping that you know that it won't that you're still able to keep to these commitments. So stuff like that to kind of like suss them out lah. So so that you know you 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 can uh give yourself space to do whatever you need to do as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think these are like important important um questions to think about. Hmm. For sure, I think I think you've you've there's a lot in in what you've said that there's so much to unpack, uh, and I don't think we can con- I don't think we can fully unpack all of those things like in this one chat session alone. Right? I think the idea of like how do you pitch your skills as a theater practitioner or as an or as an arts practitioner to the corporate to a corporate employer, and also actually I'm looking at I'm looking at the channel news theater chat right now, and uh, Sway has a comment saying because we, we were talking about how you know that that quote right if you are not full-time in the arts you're not serious about it and her response was that's so strange considering how many veteran practitioners had day jobs when they started out too and that's actually very true because most of our if you think about it most of our veteran theater practitioners we joke uh, that they are all failed lawyers right and, yeah <laughs> and, and, uh, and yeah and so how how and so how did we end up to a scenario that where where we actually had personal encounters with veteran practitioners who who said if you don't work in the arts you 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 are not worthy and that that's really that's really mind boggling. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I think I'm I'm kind of like of the you know mindset that it's fine. Like if they you know I can't I can't I mean we can't change the way they think. Um, I mean I'm sure it's they had this concept from their own experiences um even though i i i mean i disagree with it i think um i don't agree with the whole idea of a starving artist so if you need if you need to do what you need to do to to, to sustain yourself as an artist to kind of like strength like really get get your financial sorted and if you need to go full-time job i think people uh, or practitioners our generation are very very like empathetic because we're kind of like all going through this weird professionalization of the industry together and i think more and more you see a lot of us having to transit into like some kind of like contract or full-time job because of the covid pandemic Hmm. so that we can earn enough money to survive and to survive in the long term because at the end of the day right like as much as this older generations have this kind of mindset and it's like quite it's quite frustrating like i would say And, and you will always and just keep in mind, right? You will always have the flip side. So let's say I'm like, you know, I'm also a, a freelance like tech journalist and tech PR consultant. I will also get like, you know, comments like if I'm not full time, as I'm not fully focused being a tech journalist or PR consultant, I'm not serious about it. You know what I mean? Mm. It's a very pigeonhole kind of thing. But I, I, I mean, of course, then you'll feel like, huh, what if? I mean, of course, there's a fear, especially like, you know, if you're younger and you're something out, then like, what if I'm, what if I'm, 
um, what if what if it, what if it puts me as a disadvantage? You know, people saying that, thinking that I'm not serious. Well, I guess my answer to that is that you have so many more people in our generation. People you're more likely to work with. Like, I mean, we tend to work with people our ages generally, lah. And you know, we're kind of like paving the way, right, for like all these attitude shifts about how we want the industry to evolve. Um, and you, we definitely see like, you know, uh, that that kind of mindset disappearing. I mean, it will still be there, but um, mm. I think it's just something that you need to 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 deal deal with it yourself, lah. Like at the end of the day, like what is more important, there whether this select group of practitioners thinking that you're not serious or you being able to financially sustain yourself so that you can be an artist in the long run, something like that. Hmm, for sure. I think, I think we've spoken a lot about, um, you know, how to, you know, the strategies of going outside of our arts industry to survive, right? So I think, I think so I'm going to ask you one last question before I open uh, the floor up to, to possibly any responses. Uh. So the, the last question I'll ask for now before we see what happens later. Yeah. Is you know, we talked about maintaining we, we talked about sustaining ourselves outside of the industry. But if I were to pull you back into the arts industry, how do you maintain a presence in the arts while having a full-time job? I'm asking this because I think a lot of us, a lot of us, I think even myself included, even though I've been around for five years, like we we we're we're very afraid of being forgotten by by people when 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 we have to pivot out of the industry mm. for like an extended period of time. Mm. How do you deal with that? For me, I mean, I, I think I'm especially like facing this issue right now because I don't really have many gigs uh, in the pandemic years, unfortunately. And um, so usually, usually how I, I, I keep in contact. I don't know. I think, okay, I think how I started is because I had Center 42. So I'm like infinitely grateful for Center 42 because I will always like attend all their events. And then like, there's always like people hanging around and I would just always be like loitering there and just talking to people. But yeah. I think, I think now, I think now in, 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 you know, in lockdown and whatever. Um, yeah, I think just... I think just reaching out, I think you can also like reach out to people, just say like, hey, what's up? How like what 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 are you up to? Or like stuff like that. Or like do you or asking each other like what have you been up to like in terms of projects, you know? And I think I think also um having uh I think it's good to have your own project. Like even if you have nothing. Like let's say like let's say for now, I don't really have many gigs, but I, I'm trying to work on I'm working on like a new script. I can't believe I said that out loud, mm. but like I'm working on it. <laughs> oh, we have to hold you to that now, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it. So um yeah, so 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 then like you know when you when people ask you like what what are you oh what are you doing right now? You can say like you can like honestly say, Hey, I I I'm 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 currently uh have I've currently have a full time job, but I, I'm still doing arts and like right now like I'm working on so on and so forth. So if for example like you don't have a you don't have any gigs right now, um, then you can say like, oh, um, uh, I don't have any like current projects, but I'm working on, uh, let's say like, I'm working on like this script uh, about whatever, or like um, I, uh, I've been, I've been trying to like 
uh, read up more about uh, Shakespeare and like improve my Shakespeare monologue skills. So I've been like working on that and videoing that just as like practice and stuff like that. So it's like you always, it kind of shows people that you always, you're, you're still in, you're ne you never left, you're still part of the, of like, you're still an artist, you hmm. see? I think, okay, okay. I know we're coming to the end of this, right? But I feel like I need to say, this is also to be my like, tidbit or like takeaway thing, but I feel like I need okay. to say that like, the only thing, the only thing art ever asks for is, is for you to do it. So even if you have a full-time job or whatever, it doesn't take away from the fact that you're an artist. Any, any extra things that, any strings or trimmings that come with it, like, like, about like I don't know money or, or or whatever. It's all it's about the art industry. It's not it's nothing about it doesn't reflect on you as an artist. So you should always you know just always look towards having that time and space to 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 work on your projects to groom yourself and to kind of just see what other people are up to and just stay connected like. I mean it doesn't have to be in a very like forced corporate networking kind of way. But I think always staying curious it helps. To, to to keep you in the loop. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot easier when there's like live events and you can catch up with people. But, you know, I think at this point in time, if if you're still like mulling over, over like what steps you should take, I think you should also, you know, anytime you can, I think you can reach out to anyone in the community. Like if you want to speak to someone um, who, know, who knows this, so this, whatever like you're looking for like you want to find out more about um this person's training experience stuff and that i think there's no harm in reaching out just to say hi i think generally like when i first started out wanting to get to know the industry because i didn't have any links with um with with the theater industry because i was from nus i wasn't from a drama school and when i was in nus it was a point of time where theater studies graduate were 100 percent not going to theater they were just mm -hmm. at the end just just grew up to be teachers and I was the only one. So for me, just I just had to like, I don't know, just like put myself out there and be like, hi, <laughs> please talk to me. And from there, and also, honestly, right, from there, right, just talking to people, letting people know that you exist and like who you are and whatever, what kind of opportunities you're looking for, just kind of like putting yourself out there has really helped. So over the years, right, the people that I just randomly just said hi to or whatever, suddenly like, comes back to me a few years later and like offers me like jobs and opportunities and and yeah it's been it's been i'm really been quite grateful uh. of course there is some element of luck but i mean i mean where possible you should you know make the effort law and i think that you know when i talk about commit like having your own projects even though you have you don't have any like gigs per se um i think it's also good because then you're you you still commit to to being an artist because i understand that if you're in a full-time job, sometimes that job can get the best of you and you get, um, you get overwhelmed um, with, What's with, this? yeah, but then, and then you forget like what was the point of you taking up that job in the first place. So you need to really ask yourself, la. that's another thing that I wanted to bring up. For sure, mm. I, I can resonate with that because I think, of course, one thing you talked about having your own projects, right? But even, I guess, even in the case where you can't have your own projects, I, I totally agree that it's really about just taking, you know, just being normal friends with, with your fellow arts practitioners, even if it's not necessarily in the, in, in, in the, in the rehearsal room. Right? And I think being curious, curious about what they're doing, uh, 
And I guess I guess maybe this this is not so applicable in the current pandemic context where you know shows are being cancelled sometimes. We don't know live, live shows, especially in person, those in theaters are being cancelled. But I always used to joke about how how I got to be friends with many of many many people in the art scene. It's it's always it always happens by raising your eyebrows repeatedly at them from the house. Yeah. I, I'm serious. Like I I, I I mean I mean even like raising your eyebrows repeatedly because you don't know each other but you've added each other on Facebook. Oh yeah. And then yeah, you, yeah. you raise your eyebrows in mutual recognition of each other. You don't dare to approach them because you know like God knows whether you're being weird. And then you raise your eyebrows so many times that one day someone just plucks up the courage and hey hi I saw your post on Facebook. It was very interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh. Even, even, even how I met you. You remember how, how the both of us met, right? It was... Oh I, my God. <laughs> I still remember you. You just walked up to me at CIFA 2017. It was, I think it was... Uh, it was uh, when, when King Sen was still festival director. Uh, I think it was the open films. You you just... like I had, a, I had another friend. You were with my mutual friend, Isabel. And, and then you were like, Hey... You're young, right? I need your number. And I'm like, huh? What the hell? <laughs> yeah, God, I was so aggressive. Yeah, you were. So, so, so to the your listeners, please, uh, don't do that to every single person that you encounter, guys. Right? Yeah, it might not, it might not. I, just, off, but... I just really want to be your friend, William. <laughs> just really want to. Be I, I, well, I mean, I'm, I'm very grateful, guys, to have you as a friend, uh, But yeah, but yeah, I think I, I guess yeah, it, it's it's the idea of I think I I ended up being your friend because I could sense, you know, even though. It, Going up to someone and asking for their number is not something I would do, but I could sense your your genuine curiosity about what I was doing uh, back then. You know, so I think I think that really, yeah, that really that really rubbed off well. Uh. So I guess, you know, that's yeah, keeping keeping a, an active interest in what other people are doing and just having casual conversations with them. Uh. Even if you're not art making yourself, I think I think that's that's really the key to to maintaining a presence, even if you have a full-time job outside. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I, I I just want to give take a short pause here to see if you know anyone has any responses or questions that you want to post. Like uh, I will prioritize those who raise their hands in the in the audio chat room. Uh, but if you're too shy to speak, you I guess you could also leave leave a comment like in the channel news theater chat room. Uh. So. Yeah, so I think while we, while we, while we, you know, kind of see whether people want to warm up and ask any questions, Shannon, like, do you have any questions you want to ask me? Oh wait, there's a, there's a, there's a comment. Uh. Yeah, from Wisely, I think. Uh, so Wisely says sustaining yourself creatively is not always mutually exclusive to earning your living and your keep. And would like to hear more discussion on what actions are taken to build an infrastructure that supports a healthy and smooth transition to being a full-time theater practitioner if we do have the desire of having to invest our craft full-time in the industry well, I need to drink water after this after this <laughs> this wait why, why wisely you can, i mean you can type i know you're like bleeding out <laughs> please take care but is in terms of like what do you mean by healthy and smooth transition as in like you say build an infrastructure are you talking about like the landscape or are you talking about like the steps and actions you need to take personally hmm I'm oh, to, just, I'm, I'm yeah. making rice this question again yeah i'm not 
I'm not very sure which is the one that uh, he's referring to. Uh, I'm looking at, uh, no one has raised their hand in the audio chat room so far. Uh, so I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, understand this question because it's, uh, yeah, I'm a bit like, oh, that's very right. There's a lot in this question that he's asking. Uh, So he's asking about the transition to being like I guess like okay I, I can if, if I can take a step at what he's saying, I might be wrong otherwise, but if I can take a step at okay, I see Keith has raised up and I'll 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 get to you later, Keith. If I can get take a step at what YC is trying to say, I think what Shannon, what do you think? What kind of conditions do we need to make it sustainable for people to do to being a full-time theater practitioner? What do you think is lacking at the moment? Um oh okay, sorry wisely. I noted on your on your preferred pronouns. Um, oh, they, sorry, wisely. Yeah, they, I'm so sorry about the pronoun. Um I yeah. think I think uh, okay, I'm gonna take a stab at this question also, but I think in terms of I think in terms of like personal and overall, I think we could afford more moments of play, I think. Mm -hmm. I think we I think a lot of times like we get together and we do um like let's say like we go to the rehearsal room. It's always like for the purposes of something, um like a production or whatever. Like there's always an agenda. I think we could afford more into like jamming and uh, jamming with like different groups of people and then like just just playing like based on prompts like 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 if i just throw you like three random prompts like if i brought in like a director to throw you three random prompts and then i want you in your new small group with different people that you never met to kind of devise something and then you have no choice in like within a within an hour you need to showcase to the rest of us you know that kind of thing i think that really yeah. i think i th i honestly think right that that we, if we don't keep practicing listening to our impulse, we tend to, we tend, yeah, we tend to struggle trying to find and, 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 and get it again. Because I, I, I generally feel that local theatre practitioners, or maybe I'm speaking more about myself, is that yeah. we tend to like overthink too much or we tend to like frame a lot of the work we do in terms of like, product like how do i how do i make this happen right how do i make this happen but whereas like you know in the in terms of like refining our craft we don't really need to put up the show we don't actually we don't even need to we don't even need to um uh uh like show anybody like you can just do it in your own house like how do you keep listening to your impulse so like for instance i <laughs> i wanted to do um i wanted to do uh, uh theater for snails because mm. I thought it was interesting that we stopped doing theatre for humans and let snails have a chance at experiencing some sort of entertainment. So I want to read up about the sound snails like, the colourless snails like. I drew up a plan about what snails like and did a whole little show draft for them. Uh, did I produce it? No, because I haven't hunted for snails. But I did like send it to like random friends to like, hey, check out my snail idea. <laughs> and then they're like, what the fuck, Shannon? You never show me. 
No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. But like, I yeah, I think yeah, there's sort of like jamming. So this is okay. This is like a special plug to impromptu meetings. So that's why I really, I really like what they're doing. So how it came about, the three of them was, yeah. um, Adi, uh, Miriam, and and Cheryl, like Cheryl Tan, the director. I, I don't yeah. know how to differentiate the Cheryls here, but, um, it's really you know, they they would just like have random prompts. And every week they will have to like come up with an idea for it and they present to each other. And because of that, right, they come up with so many like ridiculously like inane and hilarious ideas that they actually like stage like some of them. Or like plans to stage some of them. Yeah. So, you know, is that finding a group and playing, like if you can't have if if society doesn't give you the infrastructure to, then you build it yourself in your own personal capacity. That's the that's the that's the short answer. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that 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 play that that space for play that you talked about is so important. But also, I guess, like as I'm looking at Wisely's like additional comments, I'm thinking about how can we make it more sustainable, financially sustainable, like, especially for for that that kind of play to to happen. I think Wisely they also talked about yeah they they, they clarified that question uh, as about what are the tangible ways to make it industry if we want to make it at industry and also like finding space to include intimacy directors, movement directors, dramaturgs, and all those other different roles, which I guess like right now, because of how constrained we are in terms of resources, uh, we feel very, we've, those are things that intimacy directors, for example, I think it's very important when you, you have theater that's very physical based, right? But we, we, we tend to view it as a luxury at the moment because we can't even pay our actors and what more get a intimacy director, right? But yeah, I guess, I, I guess that's not something we, will be able to unpack uh, in this chat, but we have to think about it. So uh, can, I, can I give like a brief answer to that? Yeah, go for it. So, I mean, if you look at it, like Singapore's theatre history, it's very, very short. For the industry to grow, I mean, it's going to take time for us to mature. La, and not just, not just like us on the, on the, as the artist side, but also from the audience side. Then we, the market can grow, the industry can grow. You know, it's like economics and whatever. But, you know, in terms of your interest in finding space um, to include these different roles, um, like I said, like, if you want to be a freelance, you can also think about what other skills you bring to the table. So, for instance, um, now, like, uh, Yu Bing and Yazid are both fight choreographers. We don't have a lot of fight choreographers in Singapore, but when we do need one, that's kind of, like, who they go for um, mm. to choreograph some fights. Um in terms of um, intimacy directors, unfortunately, we don't really have that here in Singapore. In the UK, it's starting to, it's starting to um, uh, 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 become more prominent, but you will need to have sewing skills. And if you have sewing skills and you're interested in that, that's something you can look into. So, so think about it, right? If, if, you are a, if you have multiple skills, you bring a lot more value to the production you're in, well as in well as the as the um the scene grows. Uh, or like give you an example, like vocal coaches, accent coaches. So I I I work with Petrina, Petrina Kao, who's a vocal coach. And she says that like not always the, that the industry is not mature enough that she always has gigs with movement uh with vocal coaches or accent coaches. But when she does, they look for her, right? And um, sometimes they they like they don't give her enough time to to do the work properly. But at least there's opportunity for her to grow that scene. So she's been she's been um, 
value adding in that sense. Uh, so she's not just an actor, but she's also a vocal coach so that she can actually double up. And that makes her more like, in a way, like attractive, higher, so to speak. Yeah. That's my hmm. brief answer. Thanks for that. Okay. I, I, I know Keith has been raising their hand for quite long. Uh, they raised... Keith, do you, want to, do you still want to speak? Uh, if you do, let me... Hi, Keith. Uh, if you want to ask your question, you can yeah, unmute yourself. Uh, hi, I don't, I don't really have a question. I'm just here supporting Shannon. But... What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just want to... Uh, I, I felt like sharing that. Just a bit only, a uh, very, very short one. But uh, I felt like... Because Shannon and I have very different experiences um, in terms of being connected in theatre. So I, I resonate with a lot of the points that all of you shared also. And I, I just want to say that I think that um, working your full-time job, right, doesn't have to, in a sense, like, diminish your craft because mm. it's through our experiences uh, in the world that we, we we bring these into our craft. But of course, I think the most the most pertinent thing uh, is exactly what Jenna addressed, which is having the space to play and to jam because um, the thing that we can't replace is the presence of being in a of doing theatre. We, we can't replace that with real-world experiences. Being in a rehearsal room and doing what we do. So that can't be replaced and I, I agree with Shannon on that one. But I, I'm also, uh, unlike Shannon, maybe it's because I'm not bold enough, but my experience is that I haven't been able to connect to the theatre completely a lot. And that can do, be due to a lot of different things like how I greet people or maybe I know but it's a lot less intimidating to be here rather than a post-show uh, crowd. Because a post-show crowd, people always lean into one another and they all have better friends. So even if I'm there to support someone, I'm usually feeling quite alone. <laughs> and I'm not, I don't have enough connections to even be making work among like, uh, like what Shannon said, the Center for the Two Gang. Wait, did yeah. you just call me old? No, what? I didn't. You say it's because I'm old. <laughs> no, I said, no, I said, because Shannon has been, no, I didn't say old. What did I say? <laughs> you say because I'm old, that's why we're different. Yeah, no, I mean, no, no, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> Sorry, we are the same age, by the way. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because Shannon also wouldn't, I mean, it, it's nice to hear Shannon and just be able to. I'm gonna I'm gonna rebut Keith on this. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna be like Keith, but that's it, right? Keith has like a really good network among the the TV, uh, the TV uh commercial and yeah the the mini series circuit. So it's a very different sort of network that you know is still still good to have. But of course, like I know that you're trying to like get to know the theater. Um, seen more, but I think it's just mm. hard la, nowadays with, with no real events. And I know it's hard, like post show, that like post show, then everyone's kind of like just in their own cliques. But, um, yeah, I guess sometimes, um, I don't know, eh, this one is really like you gotta, I don't know, it has to be organic and you don't want to like, like force it, but like, I think. <laughs> Meeting, you know, yeah, I think like just randomly. I mean, how do I even get to meet you, right? It's just like I probably some mutual mutual friends. So it's kind of like that way, lor. So getting getting to know more people, um, just turning up for more events, uh, mm, stuff like that, lor. 
Yeah, yeah I, I think what I'm saying in essence is that uh, I'm not just disconnected to the theatre community. So even amongst like those who are listening here or those who are in the chat, I'm not actually very connected. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I don't have a... I mean, and like what Shannon said, I uh, I don't want to force it. I'm also not that kind of person. I wouldn't, you know, just because I want to make connections, I would just go out and talk to people. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not, not a pamphlet kind of guy. Lah. Yeah. But I, I'm just saying this as, I, I'm just showing this as another experience, that's all. It, mm. it may not be for the majority of people, but yeah. And, uh, I'm not really in the industry a lot. I don't really, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I hear you, like, Keith. I think I think it's becoming very hard to get to know new people now, especially since we have to operate under a very physically distanced uh, mindset, right? And I think Shannon talked about organic, like the organicness, for lack of a better word, of those meetings. I think really for me, the, the times where I get a net get to know theater practitioners better is when at El Girani, after watching a show at Center for, for you two, for example, I know a lot of people don't like like the, the Prata at El Girani, but it's really, I when I think about all the places that I, you know, like have fond memories of, El Girani is one of them because it's just so, it's just near, and it's open 24 hours. It's kind of like, it, yeah, so so I think, I think I'm one, I don't have a rest, I don't have a, answer to like how you know we can keep those connections organic uh, right now in 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 our current like COVID climate yeah but I guess that's something to think about so yeah thank you Keith for that for that uh I see Phil has also uh, raised up their hand I'm going to unmute Phil now hi Phil hello uh, yeah, so, uh, hi Shannon, uh, my name is Phil, I'm a aspiring stage manager. Sorry, I'm introducing myself to you because Brian already knows me, but yeah. Hey. yeah. So, um, yeah, I actually just picked up, I have a lot of things to say, but I'm going to like summarize it down really quickly. But um, just before I do that, I wanted to affirm what Keith has said because I actually relate to that a lot as someone who kind of just started creating my artistic practice like two years ago. So I, I picked up on quite a few things you said, like false corporate networking, um, not from drama school, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, I actually wanted to ask like, what's something you would say to someone um, who has chosen or rather who has decided quite late into their life, um, i.e. someone like me, who like has decided quite late into their life that, oh, you know, I want to do something related to the arts, I want to do something related to theatre. And I'm not just asking this for myself, but I think I'm also caring for the people who I imagine would come after me because um, I think the, the the very overwhelming pressure I always got is that when you don't have that community that's built up from, say, you you, you attend drama school, you go to some kind of um, arts or theatre program, it doesn't have to be acting, it could even be arts management, but when you are in a program, you have a lot of invisible connections that I realise put you at a different starting line from a lot of people. And, and I think the pressure of that um, could get to some people. And yeah, I, I, I just wonder what you would say um, to people who don't have that base starting line, you know, and yeah, that's basically it. Mm, I think I think to address that, like, you said that like you are, what, two, you came in late in the game. How, how old are you? Uh, I'm like 25. So I kind of started to only want to do like stage management theatre in like the end of my like, year two in uni. Dude, 25 is so ridiculously young. Like, okay, let me just make it very, very, very clear that um, it, it's, it's really never too late, honestly. Like, 
um there there's there's so many um actors that that kind of like come in or like theater practitioners that come in and then they 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 are in a scene for a while then they have to leave for some for for personal reasons or otherwise and then they come back again uh, later on in their life or they start late so um for example like Kim Nga like uh this actor he's he became an actor very um Late, late, like later on in his life, um, Pavan as well, Pavan Singh, um, they were they had full time job, they were corporate employees, and then they were working, and then like one thing led to another, and then they were like, oh, actually, I think I'll be good at this acting thing, and then they kind of just like dive right in, and then, and then things kind of like picked up from there. Of course, now we see them, then we're like, wow, how did you even get there? But actually, they also started off like very late, much later than you, so it's not a matter of like, um, it's not a matter of how old you are but i think i think i think it's i think the difficult thing the difficult thing is kind of like reminding people that you're like you're here and saying like here's what i can do so um i think for you particularly phil i think because you are a stage manager um you have way 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 more advantage than all of us who are who are who want to be performers because stage stage managers are in demand <laughs> So for you to like, um, for you to like, okay, let's just say, uh, um, just kind of reach out to potential uh, companies to let them know that you can start off as like an ASM or whatever, or you can be a stage manager uh, uh, for the upcoming projects. Just putting out there, I think they would love to speak to you because stage managers are like really, really like hot in the, in, I mean like in demand, like in demand. Um, uh, alternatively, like let's say, let's say you're like, okay, I, 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 I don't have these like threats, right? I don't have these connections because you know you like me came from like a don't know question mark background, not from drama school. And then I guess you can always like, um, let's say, uh, if you want to be affiliated with some sort of like like network or something, like for instance, SRT has, um, uh, has that like residency. Uh, uh, for production and directing, for instance, something like that, if that is something within your interest. Um, so I think they may take on SMs as well. So you might you might want to like write in and say like, hey, I'm interested. Um, yeah, and then from there, then you get to know people. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's a very, um, it's hard to like force it. It's more of an organic thing, but it's also about like what you want to do. But definitely I will like rebut your statement that like you're too old for it. Yeah. Did I answer that? Did I answer your question? Yeah, thank you so much for that. I think uh yeah, I'm actually quite curious. So I, I've heard a lot of perspectives um just from these two years of knowing people in the arts that I've heard different perspectives about how SMs are viewed in the industry because some like you also say that SMs are quite in demand, but uh, other people also have told me that uh, a lot of people like stick to the same few SMs. So it's like, you know, for people who want to bring in it's it's a bit after because people like to stick to who they are working with. I, I also I think another thing that I wanted to point out is um, like how you mentioned just now and also through the entire conversation about how you know connections have to be very organic and that you can't really force them, which I also agree with. But I think at some point that I also and, and I've only been talking to people for like two years or so like that. And at some point that I feel like every time I see an event or like some kind of any theater event that comes up, I always feel like I need to go for it, you know, to to like or whether is it like working for FOH crews or that kind of thing. I always feel like I need to be there. Um, to like, I just feel like I need to be present because if I'm not, then it feels like um, you know, I won't meet potential people who where I can get you know potential connections or like gigs with, and and I don't know if that's um 
yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel tired of having to keep putting myself out there and I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's a, you know, a right way to think or like, you know, it is common for people and that kind of thing. So these are just like some doubts that I, I always had. Mm, I mean, I, I definitely can respond to that. Uh, so for your first question about, for instance, stage managers, uh, they're constantly being hired, are the usual ones and there's like kind of like a click. Actually, I mean, I mean, because productions are quite risky. La, so generally we want to stick with with people, uh, people like people that they know. I mean, and that can be said about actors as well. That's why maybe we could have more open casting calls, but we don't see that as well. Um, hmm. Not salty. Haha. <laughs> 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 um, so in that case, right? Like it's about then. Then it's a question about like not them not for being familiar with you or like not them not showing what kind of work you do, how good you are as an SM. So from there, it's kind of like it's a bit like portfolio building, lah. So. I would like, let's say, write into, you know, um, maybe like smaller companies, um, smaller companies or smaller productions, and then just kind of like put it out there, just like proactively like write in. Like let's say I, I wrote, write into like a second breakfast company that they love working with you, they love working with younger people, they're happy to like take newer people on, you know, stuff like that. And, and or like, let's say, like I know, I know Wisely had a show recently, so if Wisely is going to have another show, then maybe I'll, I'll, I'll pitch to him and say, hey, I'm interested to be SM, but maybe I understand that you're like a bit worried, uh, you're, you're not too confident in me because I'm a new person, so I'm happy to just be an ASM, to take on the role as ASM for this production. And then slowly, slowly as you build, right, then people get to know you, like directors get to know you, or like actors even get to know you, then when the, when the situation arises where people are like, hey, I need an SM, can someone recommend, which has happened quite a lot, by the way. I can't think of an SM. Can someone recommend? Then people were like, oh yeah, I work with Phil. Uh, he's pretty good. Uh, he, uh, he ASM for, for like my show I did. He was very on the ball. Then, yeah. And then you see, wisely is an SM. Yeah, so it's stuff like that. Then yeah. it just goes there. So there's this term that I, uh, that I like to say, which is called seeding. So sometimes like the opportunity or the things you do, right? Or like the seeds you plant. It takes years to come to fruition. Like, so let's say, um, you know, like maybe you, you, you want to SM for like this small showcase, right? Um, and then maybe only like years after that same contact said, hey, Phil, can, we, can you SM for this show I'm doing? It's a bigger show, for instance. So sometimes it is a bit of like a long game, but that's why, that's why as a freelancer, right? You try to plant as many opportunities for yourself as possible. But at the same time, this should be the right opportunity. So for you to go to like FOH and whatever, right? I mean, practically speaking, FOH and it's important, but um, it, you don't really get the chance to talk to people. Do you feel like, I feel like in my experience as uh, FOH, um, I don't really have a chance to really meet people. It's very like high by. Um, so... I understand. I understand what you mean that you're tired, that you're like constantly put yourself out there. Um, I think at a, at one point I was like constantly like signing up for everything and then thinking like, oh, it'd be good to get to know this person, it'd be good to do this. Then I got freaking tired and I realized that I cannot live like that. What was helpful, uh, as I mentioned, is like if I'm genuinely curious, if I genuinely like see there's some kind of like value in doing this, then I'll do it lah. Yeah, and I don't want to force myself either. Hmm, yeah, actually, I know we have, we have, we've run, like, over time, but I also do want to respond to Phil's question, actually, yeah, and actually, alongside the question that someone by the name of, 
Cheng Xiong worker has also posed, I think, with their questions, it's, it's about accessibility into like, how do you how do you even break into the scene, right? How do you get those working opportunities? And um, you know, and and I think like also there's a lot of like there's a dilemma over whether you know you 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 know you don't you need to put yourself out there, right? But at the same time, you don't want to come off as too overbearing. I think I think I think like people are very af afraid to like for example give out their name cards at at FOH. So I I I have to admit that last time I used to be very allergic to those who tried to like give me their name cards at FOH because it came across as a bit pushy. But I think that said, you, you also can't, you cannot be not be active about doing that kind of outward. Like, I don't like to use the word networking because it, it's, 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 it really sounds very transactional. Uh, but uh, I think, I think, uh, that kind of outward reaching out to people, I think that's something that still needs to be actively done, but I think it can be done in a in a tactful way, right? And I think that's why actually as much as we like to advocate, you know, having taking social media purges and breaks, I think actually having a social media presence is, is very important for for like anyone who wants to be in the arts. I know I I've, because for me like I, I'm currently doing a post diploma in in uh, digital media design, and there was a course on social media marketing. And the lecturer said something that really like changed my lenses as to how how I view social media in the arts. He said a lot of people use social media only when they want to sell a product or a show, but they forget why social media is called social media. Why is there the word social in it? There's a word social in it because you want to use it to interact with people, right? You want to use it to build a community. And that community doesn't happen overnight. It needs to be built. So you you put you put out your Facebook profile, page, your Facebook page for the first time. The first post you have, it's going to only accumulate at one one or two likes or even maybe no likes, right? And that can be very demoralizing. But the idea is that I think I look at especially when I look at many of the younger collectives, right? They they tend to set up Facebook or Instagram pages every time there's a new show. Then after the show is over, right? What happens to the Instagram or Facebook page? It's gone, right? But but I think that's that's a waste because there's the missed op opportunity to build a community or like a base. Not I don't like to use, I also don't like to use the word fan base, but yeah, there there needs to be that sustained effort to build a like following right and to keep people in the know with regards to what what you are doing or 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 even like looking out for what other people are doing and even even just giving a comment on someone's facebook post that you know i found that that can actually go a long way in in you know uh getting people to just remember you when you do those kinds of micro interactions i guess in a very subtle way over a long period of time people remember you uh, and even if it's like wish somebody happy birthday you see their facebook you, have, you look at their facebook and then you see oh their birthday their birthday is today and then you wish them happy birthday and then you just casually ask them how are you but then don't ask i guess the, the trick is to not ask too much in one setting uh. so there's there's that need to juggle how you balance the boundaries of interacting with someone but also subtly like 
hinting to them that you you care you care about what they are doing, even if you are not close friends, even if you don't talk to each other every other day or week. I think there's 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 a need to make those like sustained micro interactions just to let people know, hey, I I I I'm I'm curious about what you do and just to periodically remind you that I'm here if you if you're interested to talk to me. So that's that's how I've been going about like uh, keeping my presence in the art scene, like, even though I'm in a full-time like tech job now. So Phil, I hope I hope that gives you. I guess that that might not be a conclusive answer, but I hope that gives you some some perspective, lah. No, it's I, okay. Thank you so much, yeah, for both of you. Oh, sorry. Mm, no, I just want to say. I mean, there's that question also, like, why are you rushing to get to know everyone? That's my that's my my question, lah. Like. It, it seems like there's some sort of urgency. But where oh, is so, that uh, Sorry, was from? that a question like that needed an answer? Because it sounded rhetorical. Mm, I'm also thinking about that. All right, let's leave it as rhetoric. But then it's also oh, a okay. question. Yeah, that's a, a question that... that uh, yeah, I think I also need to think about. Because at the end of the day, right? I don't want to leave this community. What? There's so many people to get to know. I mean, I don't. I'm not very familiar with the 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 younger younger practitioners coming in as well. So, I hope that one day I'll get to know them lah. At least now I know you, Phil. Then we can stay connected. Hmm. Yeah, and Phil, I just want to say, as someone who personally knows you, you are on the right track lah. I think you have you have it really good going for you. And I'm not I'm not I'm not saying this in a tokenistic way. I really think you, I really think you're on the right track lah. So, yeah, don't worry. Just keep on doing what you're doing, and you you really be fine. Um, I think I Thank just you. want to to respond to Sheng Xiong worker. Hey, I love Sheng Xiong. <laughs> Sheng Xiong workers like earlier, um, comment. Um, uh, in terms of like, is there is there groups or communities that might need my help? Uh, or demand for volunteers or willing ad hoc contractors. Um, I think you know for the for the for the people who just like entered the scene or like still new, like it would be good to. For you to uh follow like producers SG, um uh, which I guess Choi can talk more about, <laughs> uh producers SG and also I follow like groups like um uh COVID uh COVID nineteen creative and cultural support group and also Artscoms Artscoms Singapore so like all these groups people do posts um and you know you get you get like uh and if you go like follow like the other companies like mailing lists or like Instagram there will be shout outs for like. Uh, uh, you know what people are, what companies or groups or organizations are actively looking for. So if you're looking for more ad hoc basis, I think that is a good, uh, good uh space for you to go to to find out more. Yeah, wisely just put a comment. I'm going to put in the link for producers as you are for anyone who's interested. Yeah, the mailing list is dope. And can I say right when I like lost my first job. I really just spend all my time just like hanging out at producers SG events. Even though I was not a producer, I was like the only non-producer there. I just turned up for fun. And then I got to yeah, know yeah. Yeah, I, I think the, the idea here is fluidity about like and not being too quickish or possessive about about certain like job scopes, right? I think I think at the end of the day we all having has both of us have hustled so much, we realized that like you, you you tend to jump from one head to another. I don't think you I I like to I can't remember who was the one who who made this quote, but 
you know, someone was it? It was not Stephen King, but some. But I like I like the I don't like to think of like my identity as as a as a noun, but I like to use I like to like think of it as a verb in the sense that I don't like to think of myself as a producer, but I am someone who produces, right? I think Ooh, because all of us, yeah. yeah that's nice. Someone, if if anyone knows who made that quote, please uh, please feel free to put it in the chat. Yeah, but that that quote really like changed my perception because we all, yeah, we all just there's I can we're all paukagao in a way, right? And we don't at the end of the day we will never be truly in a position where we know every single thing in the world, but. And and there might be cases where we want to transit to other specialize in other roles, and that's totally fine. But I think having that openness to just uh, even when I was starting out, right, I started out as someone who ushered at the Esplanade for for four and a four and a, like four and a half years, and you know, front of house, it's 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 not it's not something that's terribly difficult, but it is an important job and even volunteering at front of house or ushering at the esplanade as a casual you start to realize how the pieces of the puzzle in, in performance making for example how the whole front of house to getting the audi audience seated in the auditorium and how the show how how your front of house people have to communicate with people backstage you, you start to see these kinds of different you start to see a larger picture into how how performance making really works so i think i think for me if i have any parting words for for this session because we should we should wrap up soon it's already Oops. 10 30. yeah uh is that there's every i don't un, unless you end up in a situation where your employer is abusive if if in which then it's really screw them uh, for being abusive but i think i would say every opportunity they'll get even if it's for example if you're an actor but you end up doing stage management work right even if you that's your that's something that you do have to do as a first point of contact with the arts it's it's i always think it's still a valuable opportunity right? you learn something that will come valuable in your artistic practice later lah. so yeah i'm going yeah i have to someone yeah wisely put that stephen fry yes yeah, stephen fry is the one who who said that quote thank you so much my friends yeah so yeah i'm gonna have to wrap up the session here so shannon any any last words you want to leave to our listeners um i guess in terms of last words okay two short things one is that this is like i stole this this advice from edith podesta she said that if the industry is not creating the opportunity for you you just gotta create it yourself it doesn't matter what it is whether you're an actor or director or intimacy director and whatnot you gotta the you gotta just create that opportunity for yourself yeah that's that's all i have to say yeah and i think the second thing is um don't be afraid to reach out and ask um i think i mean i mean quite a, i mean there's quite a lot of us who don't know each other here um on the on on this chat but you know if you're looking for more gigs like if you if you want to more opportunities as an SM or more opportunities as a playwright. I think just put it out here. Just say it now. Say it in the chat. Just say it here. Yeah, just say it here. Lah. And I guess to those, for me, my parting words is those for those who are contemplating 
whether or not to uh, do a full-time job, be it in the arts or otherwise, or stay on as a freelancer in the arts. Now, I have to put a disclaimer here. I'm not, I think when Shannon and I come, come on board here to talk, we are not saying that everyone here should like, migrate to taking a job like us in another industry. I think we really here more to give like an alternative perspective, you know, rather than to say no, like a, a career in the arts is not sustainable. All, all of you must stop. But I think what I would say is just do what you have to do, uh, seriously. Yeah. Do whatever you have to do to sustain your livelihood first. And but keep on making friends with people. Keep on being friends with people in the industry, even if it's just over a meal. And I think things will be fine, uh, you guys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll, yeah, we're, we're still we're still gonna be in the in the chat after this call. So if you have any further questions or queries, can always reach out to us. Yeah. So wisely has another question. Will there be an episode two? Uh, that remains to be seen. I think I'll be I mean I'll be putting out another post to garner feedback later. So it depends on it depends on what you all say lah. If if you guys find it useful and you guys have specific topics to. Or speakers that you want me to feature i'll think about it yeah but okay i think we're going to wrap up for now thanks shannon thanks so much for the one and a half hours here i really appreciate it and thank you all like thank you thanks to all the 40 plus people who stayed on uh, it's like quite heartwarming uh, I, I mean me and shannon were talking about how we would be happy to have... yeah i thought there would be like and five people have... <laughs> and i'll be monologuing by myself <laughs> or something <laughs> Okay, thank yeah. you everyone. So, okay, uh thank you everyone. So for those who might have missed out part of the chat, uh we're gonna I'll upload the recording of the chat uh at a later date. Uh, so don't worry about that. So okay, thank you for everyone. Have a good night. Bye Shannon. Bye.